This is Sam Marvin, and you are listening to From Nothing to Profit. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Hey everybody, Matt Hoagland here. Hey, today I have an awesome episode. I'm actually in Boise, Idaho with my friend Sam Marvin. Um, I actually spoke at the PPA Idaho convention this week, and while I was here I was staying with with Sam and having a really good time seeing what he's doing in his studio. So we thought while we had a minute before his model meetings, his senior model meetings tonight, we would do a quick podcast. So for if you guys don't know who Sam Marvin is, he's obviously in Boise, Idaho, and he has an amazing, amazing business up here with high school seniors, um, does a really good job. So you should definitely check out his, his website and stuff like that. But we'll definitely ask him some tough questions today. So, so besides being my friend, Sam, what else do we need to know about your studio? Or what is something that people wouldn't know about you by just looking at your website? I would guess that the most, the one thing that people wouldn't get just out of my website is how passionate I am about really encouraging self-confidence and individual worth uh, amongst our, our teenagers. And um, that's that's kind of, I think, the one hardest thing that I try really hard to convey, but it may not come across as well. Yeah, no, and I think that's why your business is so successful up here. And, you know, we didn't even get a chance to go to grocery stores without you running into clients and people that wanted to stop and talk to you. So obviously you're doing a good job of making those relationships with your customers. So I want to kind of jump right into it. And this, this segment may be a little bit longer than normal, but I want to talk about like kind of what's working now in your business. Like, what do you think being a high school senior photographer, like what would you tell other photographers that they need to be focused on besides, you know, making those relationships with their clients and building self-worth. But besides that, like, what do you think is working right now really well in your business? In my business, I think uh, the thing that really does work is, well, I, I mean, the the biggest challenge in the senior industry is that you really are trying to please two completely different types of clients at the same time, uh, being the student and the parent. So, I mean, as far as really what's working for me, it's the uh, interaction on, on social media and our model program is probably the strongest aspect of our business. Um, and again, it just kind of boils down to uh, that really devoting a lot of time and effort and attention into uh, doing things that encourage that self-confidence and building people up and not, you know, because I'll tell you the one thing I've learned about this industry is girls are meaner than anything. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. And you may not even see it, but you know, with subtweets and just the way they treat each other and stuff like that, it it can be really bad. And it's, so it's ruthless. Yeah. So I think it's awesome that you guys are aware of that and actually try to combat that in some way, you know, and bring them together and do really cool things. So for a second, kind of talk about your model program and what you think the most important aspects of it. Cause you'll have your, you'll have your first model meeting tonight and I mean, you'll have a ton of girls here and most of them will sign up and it's, it's pretty amazing what you guys are doing up here. But what do you think some of the most important aspects of your model program are? What gets people excited about it? I think 
let me say this. I think long-term they learn about that self-worth and they learn about how to be nice to each other and stuff like that. But why do you think they're going to show up tonight and want to be a part of it? Um, I think because of the exclusivity, um, wanting to be a part of something cool, but also wanting to do something that not everybody can do. We do a lot of fun things throughout the year that I think really stand out. And obviously it's part of our marketing, but like we, we go to, um, big summer vacation area, uh, McCall, Idaho, and spend a day on the lake. We boat and just have fun and barbecue, play volleyball, just do stuff to kind of almost in a sense, team building. The whole goal is to really give the girls an opportunity to get to know each other. And I think one of the things I love about our model program is I've seen so many girls that have built really strong friendships with other girls from this that they never would have met. Cause they went to, they go to different high schools. And so they wouldn't necessarily know each other until you put them on a volleyball court together, you know, at the lake kind yeah. of deal. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's also, I think one of the important parts about that is you're kind of taking them all to a neutral, like a neutral ground, right? And taking them away from the areas that they know and stuff like that. And it's like putting them all in like a strange place, which they, they probably have been there before, but then it's like they have to start fresh. You know, they don't have their stomping ground and stuff like that. So then, you know, they can start to build those relationships and they have an yeah. experience together. And once they have that experience together, that goes a long way for friendship for sure. Absolutely. Um, kind of what else? So you guys do, you guys do the lake day. Um, just tell, just tell us a little bit more about your model. So, well, my model program is actually, it really is a hybrid of a bunch of different model programs. I, I try to consider myself always open to education and learning. I, I would hope that I never feel like I'm so good that I stop, (laughs) but I, I do see some, tendencies to to like kind of put it aside because I feel like I just got too much going on um but I I've really over the years I've developed a couple of different model programs I take little pieces from yeah and that's how I've made mine one of them that I learned a long time ago was our fashion show and despite it's a really challenging thing to do the event itself the event itself it's it's honestly it's kind of a nightmare yeah and but um Every year I ask our girls, I'm like, what was, what was something that really stood out to you? And it's so, I mean, just falling in line with our mission statement, seeing how much the girls, when they get up on stage and they're just like terrified, they're shaking and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't walk this 60 foot runway. And they walk down that runway and they're a little bit fumbly and they pose at the end and all of a sudden they come back and they just got the biggest smile on their face and they're strutting like they're supermodels. And the next time out, they're just like the, the hype is there and they're just rocking it. And I hear it from so many of them and so many of their parents, like just the change that comes over them. So despite this is a big hurdle in their confidence probably. Yeah. And despite the fact that every year I'm just like, I don't ever freaking want to do that again. (laughs) Right. Like I see it and like, I just, it's hard for me when it, when it falls so much in line with our, our real core values that I just couldn't, I can't take that away from unless I can figure something out that really could work better. Right. You know, exactly. What's so interesting. I think when they're sitting there about to walk out on stage, it's like they're dealing with all their confidence issues, everything that's ever been said to them or anything that they're thinking about themselves. It's all right there on the surface. And then some of it just completely melts away on their walk back. Like, oh, all, all those lies I've been telling myself yeah. are now gone. And that just changes their whole life, I'm sure. Yeah, and it, it really it's bizarre because it's almost like a visible melt when you say it just melts away. It's, yeah. it's almost just so visibly 
obvious that it happens and it, it honestly it just caps everything for me and um and and it's a great opportunity kind of in the beginning of our model program for them to to meet each other and then all of a sudden it's from there it's like most guards are down and it's just really kind of a pickup time from there to yeah. to get to know each other so how early in the model program i mean i mean we're here in february and how early do you do the lake day and how when do you do the 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 uh fashion show so our fashion show will actually happen the very first part of may so they're juniors and they're walking the runway as a senior model for us but the end of the school year yeah yeah and and that's the end of their junior year but the idea is obviously to to generate some buzz about them and about us and then we do lake day typically right before the 4th of July because okay. we try to make a, a USA red, white, and blue theme. Okay. And then we try to drop a video right around 4th of July that has something to do with, you know, happy birthday America or just something, yeah. Yeah. you know, something fun. It's kind of themed. Yeah. That's really cool. About how many models will you sign up in a year? Do you typically sign up? The highest year we've ever had 55 and the lowest year, which was actually this year we had 28. We started out with 32, but ended up with 28. Yeah. And it's so interesting. We've seen the same thing in our business. Not that the model program is getting smaller, but as you refine your business and you start clipping some of the edges, it just naturally gets smaller, but it's not smaller or worse. Like you were telling me earlier, like you had a smaller motor model program, but you made just as much money, which yeah. it's like you, we're not, you and I were talking about it. Like we kind of value our success on the amount of volume we, we do. Yeah. So when we're down in sessions, we're thinking we're losing, but then you look at the numbers and you actually are in the same place. So it's like a dream come true where you, do as much money but less work like yeah. less sessions but while it's happening you're like yeah we're going down in flames we're going down in flames i i weigh so heavily i i'm a numbers guy i love numbers like it just it jazzes me like i look through my numbers all year long and i'm like okay i gotta be right here to be good and you know when we started out last year with fewer models i knew we were more qualified models yeah. like i knew there were more qualified customers and the the great thing was is that I knew that we had trimmed certain things to make it better. Yeah. But the fact we were down, I was just stressed as hell. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, my year is just gone. I'm screwed. I'm I finally hit my peak and I'm on the yeah exactly <laughs> the way down. And um, even into October, I was just like, oh my gosh, we're down. Like we were we were down thirty seniors from last year, but we did twenty thousand dollars more in sales. Yeah, exactly. and and I didn't really see that till the end of the year. I started doing profit and loss and stuff, and I'm like, man, I got to get my head out of these numbers. Yeah, because it actually worked out for you. But I can imagine the journey through the year. You're probably just talking to your wife Michelle and just like we're losing, you yeah. know. And but and I we've seen some of that in our business as well. And I don't think it's a bad thing, but like you said, you and I, I think are, have a lot in common in the fact that like sessions equals number of sessions equals success. And that's not always the metric. That's not always the most important metric. No. Okay. So let's shift gears a little bit and let's just talk about the industry. It was really cool being at PPA Idaho this week. I spoke and Tim Walden spoke. So I think this is kind of a fresh question. Like what is one thing that like you're fired up about the industry or that you hold this true of the industry. You can talk about how the industry is changing, whatever you want to do. But like, when you think about the industry, what do you think about change? Yeah. Like, um, I, I think I've always tried to embrace change, but I don't care who you are. Sometimes it's scary 
So, but I, I think change is really where it's at. But another thing I've, I've really noticed is just kind of how the, the trends happen. And when you're in the senior industry, it changes literally every year. Yeah. We talked about that while we were driving around that, like, it feels like every single year you're reinventing your business. It it literally feels like that. And I think that's really the wave that people get tired of. And it's like, you know, because you just want something to be consistent (laughs) and it just, it's never consistent. Like, I mean, there's certain things that can be consistent, but your client, your customer is literally different every single year. Yeah. And so, well, and we talked about this in the cartoon and sorry to keep saying that to the podcast audience, but we talked, uh, Sam and I had a lot of conversations this week and I think the class of 2020 is going to be different than the class of 2019. And the reason is, is because for 12 years they've been following the class of 2019. And so they see what they do and they don't want to be the same. They want their own identity. They want to see, they see things differently. It's no different than siblings, right? The, the younger brother doesn't want to be a lot like the older brother. Cause he sees him get in trouble a certain way. He sees him act a certain way. And he's like, I'm never going to act that way. Cause I saw what it did and becomes their own personality. Each class becomes their own personality as well because they're following yeah. the previous class. And I joke that they actually have like a PhD in how not to be the class before. Cause they've been following for 12 years, yeah. you know? So like they have a, most of their lives, they've been looking at that class above and saying, I'm not going to do what they do. So it's just interesting. But so, yeah, so you have to reinvent it because what one class cares about one year, the next class doesn't care as much about it. And sometimes it can be just like drastically different. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So what changes are you seeing right now? I mean, I know it's going to be unique to your market and unique to your business, but what are you kind of seeing right now? Right now, um, I think one of the biggest changes I've seen is I, I've really watched a crazy roller coaster with social media and how we went from a time where everybody literally put just everything, every part of their day on social media and out yeah. there. Right. The, and the food they ate, the yeah. everything. Yeah. And now the platforms, the way they've kind of rolled out, I've noticed that they're, it's almost like it's the unwritten rules. And I think we were kind of talking about that and trying to figure out the unwritten rules like, oh, I can't I can't post a picture more than once every three or four days. And and it's got to be a perfect picture. And I can't post a selfie, which is what's funny is they even call a picture that I took of them a selfie. Right. And I'm like, like, did you forget what a selfie is? It's it's actually where you hold up the camera and take a picture of yourself. And they're like, well, I can't post a selfie because I posted one of those like three weeks ago. And so it's like it's bizarre the changes that happen in social media and how they govern the teenage world yeah no exactly because they it is their brand and it is their portfolio it's their profile online and everything and it's yeah like they do they care so much about it that's really interesting that you say that because i never considered i never really thought about the fact that kids right now are literally becoming brand geniuses yeah no well like think about how much time sam you spend building your brand every yeah. day and we talked about it all week and they do the exact same thing yeah. and they are laying in bed and trying to calculate exactly what they should be putting online and what not putting online because yeah. they know everybody can see it and it's just it's so calculated now yeah and it used to not be it used to just be this fun place you just threw stuff on and yeah. people liked it and commented <laughs> and um 
it's this really fun place, you know, like just to interact. And now it's way more calculated than I've yeah. ever seen before. It's almost like you got to get a degree in social media just to. <laughs> yeah. But then it changes all the time. I right? Know. Like what we're talking about right now wasn't true three years ago. And three it, it years was, ago wasn't that long I, ago. I don't think it was true a year ago. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the amount that has changed just in the year. I remember, I want to say six years ago, seven years ago, I'd never even heard of Instagram. And I, and I was like. I know that's bizarre to say like right now, but I was out on a shoot with a customer and they told me, Oh, you got to get on the Instagram. Right. And I was like, yeah, that, that crap's not for me. Like I, right. I just can't do it. And of course that night I posted on Instagram and it was just like, like all of a sudden just jumping in. Yeah. And I was like, man, I can do this. And I spent like a year, like dumping my whole energy into Instagram and the next year, next, I was like, man, I'm so on top of this. I'm so game. Yeah. And next year, all of a sudden, people are like, yeah, moms are on Instagram. We're going to Snapchat. Right. Exactly. And I'm like, well, I, 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 don't, I don't have the energy. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I right. can't do that. And, it, it just, and it's so interesting. Like, I've seen, we've started pulling back from Snapchat a lot in the last couple of months. And uh, we've seen our kids as well. And I, fig- I think I, we realized that, like, we can't do it all. And um, as much as I was so high on Snapchat and thought it was the best thing to ever happen to the senior market, like I think it's not necessarily a match for our brand anymore. And so it'll be interesting to see, like you know, where the kids go and how you do that because yeah. they're also on multiple social medias at all time too. Yeah. And I think that I think you hit the nail on the head last night when we were talking. Really, they've gotten so accustomed to posting on both Instagram stories and Snapchat stories. Mm-hmm that they've realized that I can find they're still going to go to both, but they're going to check both. It's not right. like they're going to spend all their time on. Well, they, on they one. treat them totally different. Like they, they don't, do. they don't even see them as similar platforms. Like maybe we do. They see Snapchat as like this messaging platform. And then they see Instagram as this inspiration portfolio platform. Yeah. Even though it's kind of the same, but they see them totally different the way they, they, interact and communicate on Snapchat is completely how they different, how they would on Instagram, even if they're using like the DM part of both of them, it's just different, yeah. you know? So one, one thing I saw last year, actually with my seniors, I got a crazy amount of Snapchat messages yeah. last year and nobody, almost none of my seniors would text. Right. They would send me messages on Snapchat. And I was like, guys, I'm an old man. Like I can't remember things. You send me a message. It disappears. I'm like, I, I, I need like something that sticks around that I can like go back and look and be like, Oh yeah. What did that person say to me? Right. Um, it's been different this year, but I think they probably just decided Sam can't keep up. And <laughs> yeah, so we have to meet him where he is. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that, that's really awesome. Hey, on that note, let's just take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey everyone. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You look at your calendar and notice you need clients now. So you do a little marketing and get some phone calls. You get busy helping those new clients. They schedule sessions, they place orders, and life is good. But once they're done, your calendar is empty again. The reason is you didn't have time to market while you were busy. Sometimes your business feels like a roller coaster. And let me tell you something, it is. And believe me, you're not alone. Photographers everywhere have the same problem. But I have some great news. Matt's business, Allison Ragsdale Photography, after years of trial and error, has cracked the code. It works so well, he's created a new class all about it. It's called Get Clients Now, a dead, simple approach to getting photography clients. 
everyone at From Nothing to Profit is excited to share this info with you because this system helped Matt and Allison book hundreds of clients this year at their studio. And the best part about this system is that it's simple to set up and it works while you're sleeping. No hard selling or creepy marketing. All you have to do is help your clients answer their most pressing questions. Clients love the system and say it is the number one reason they book with Matt and Allison. If you're interested in learning more about this system, go to photopodcast.co forward slash simple. Matt has created a short free video that introduces this system. If you like what you hear, podcaster listeners get an exclusive discount on the full class. So make sure you go to photopodcast.co forward slash simple and sign up for the free video. It will help you book more clients now and create the business you've always wanted. Okay, so let's jump into the lightning round real quick. Um, These can be fast or we can take a little bit of time because we've got plenty of time here. Let's talk about when you first started. What was holding you back from becoming a full-time photographer? Fear. I think more than anything. Fear of what, though? Um, Fear of failing. Uh, I don't know if I can say it, but like, just fear of failing you know i think uh, i chose not to say it um (laughs) but yeah just just fear and i see it every day people though it's it's not the customers that are holding them back it's themselves yeah i think so and i think we're in that spot too right now where i think we're getting in our own way again we hadn't for years and i think right now allison and i are completely in our own way i'm i'm 100 percent with you i'm I am the biggest obstacle in in my own life right now. Yeah. Okay. So let's not go too far down that road because okay. then we'll have to admit our, <laughs> our faults. And we're I got lots of them. And Sam, we're perfect. <laughs> you and I are perfect. Okay. These ones, these two next two questions, I think are perfect for you because guys, if you don't know Sam, Sam loves to spend money. Like his studio is beautiful. He's got like every single toy. I think he's had every iteration of Pro Photo Lights ever. That um, I probably have. Oh. Yeah. So. This will be great. So the first question is, if you had $1,000 right now that you could buy something that's photo-related, what would you spend that $1,000 on? If I just gave you 1000 bucks, what would you go online and buy right now? Probably some more Pro Photo modifiers because I just bought a bunch more Pro Photo lights. <laughs> okay. So that's just what you're into yeah. right now. Um, so, so talk a little bit about that. Like, Is it just because lights... These lights are new, and that's why you're in them. Or do you think lights are really important in the you industry? Know, I well, it, there are a couple things. I think lights are really important, but I'll be the first to admit that I think I kind of actually suck at them. I really don't know what I'm doing with okay. lights, um, but, but I want to be good at. But we it. also just listened to Tim Walden talk to us about lighting, and yes. like made us all feel really, yeah, really I, stupid. It, it really did, but it also inspired me. But I, I think ultimately, I want to be good at it, and. I'll be the first to say I do have a, a, a problem buying crap I probably don't need. No, but it, I think it's also part of what made you successful, too. So I don't want to keep knocking. I poke fun at you, but it's also <laughs> part of your success, too. But, you know, a lot of it drives from I, – I love shooting sunset shots. And mm-hmm. um, the story behind that it really comes down to I don't, I don't have an incredible relationship with my dad, mm-hmm. but he's taught me everything I know about nature, and that's why you see a lot of nature – landscape stuff in my work but when i was a kid he was sitting beside me on a hill and we were watching the sun go down and he said you know son i want you to know that anytime you ever see a sunset your dad loves you right so that was um that's i think why because like my photography sunsets kind of reconnect my my love for my dad so we would get into a shoot and we'd have like vagabond and alien bees and stuff and we'd get up perfect incredible sunset and all of a sudden we forgot 
one element, like the cord or the battery. We forgot to charge that battery. And so pro photos, I remember the day that I bought my first pro photo, I literally spent five hours in the store, like looking at them. Well, Cause they're not cheap, right? They, no, they weren't cheap. And I was like, I, I was just con- trying to convince myself to buy one. Right. And I walked out of the store with two of them. Um, <laughs> and, and then the first shoot I went out on the wind blew one over and like cracked the housing. Yeah. I wanted to cry. So it really was it, and now Godox has everything that Profoto does. But I am, I am kind of a snob. Yeah, that's totally understand. Okay, so if I give you a thousand dollars, what would you not buy in the photo industry right now? Like, what do you think people are buying right now with their thousand dollars a year? Is like that's just a waste, and it could be just like where you are in your journey too, but. Um, and this is probably a really hard question for you. That is a really hard question for me because if I had a Sam needs everything. Sam has I'd more probably. closets full of stuff than I have like yeah. studio space. Yeah, I I need to get rid of some of my closets full of stuff. <laughs> I should just start. I should take some stuff when I leave. You'll never miss it. <laughs> I will. Um, man, that is a. You know what? I think that I would buy a bunch of new Han Mule papers. Really. Is that crazy? Yeah, because Sam does a lot of printing. He does his own canvases. He does his own metals, and he has some big printers and stuff like that. So, but I, I'm like so jazzed about print. I always have been, but like yeah. now more than ever, um, just the sexiness of a What's printed out there, quality yeah. and yeah, I, yeah. No, I you inspired me when I was up here. I like I did printing a long time ago, like ten years ago, and. And I was like, oh, I hate it. I had an Epson, like, 13-inch wide printer. And I was like, oh, this is awful. And then coming up here and watching where the technology has gone in 10 years and just, like, what you can produce pretty easily because you got your system dialed. I was like, man, I should. I love these papers. Yeah. Like, I'd love to print some fine art stuff that's pretty cool. But I probably, I probably won't, but I would love to. <laughs> there's some appeal to it. And the only thing is is you, you just have to have more space. Like, it. Because they're not small printers. Well, it's not just the printers. It's like the mounting, like just the space to be able to work with them and mount them and everything. I mean, so. Yeah. Okay. So share one personal habit that you think contributes to your success. Can I share two? Yeah. You can share as many as you want. So I am a serial audible junkie. Cool. So I listen to a lot of audible books about business sales personal growth that kind of stuff i think the the one thing that i sometimes struggle with is is really applying a lot of it yeah but but i love it but i think sometimes even listening to books like when i don't listen to books for like six months i lose my mindset yes so sometimes i don't even take stuff from books but if it keeps me pointed in the right direction yeah and that's really good and i i really focus and i i think i told you this i really focus on no matter what the book just getting one little nugget. And like, um, you know, I thought just for instance, the other day with your class, I thought, man, I've, I've heard everything there is to hear from Matt. And I was like, I'm just going to focus on finding one little nugget. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, like, dude, my cup runneth over. Like I got too many nuggets. I had no, <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot. So, and it's just like what I'm focused on and learning in my business is what is not necessarily what you're doing. So when we come together and share each other's knowledge, it's like, well, yeah. I've been spending the last year doing this and you're like, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. And, the, and you, do the, you do the same for me. And and that was actually my second thing is, um, teaching people like that are, are passionate and excited about the industry or talking to others in the industry. I, 
dude, if I could spend one week with you just driving around in my car, yes. like every year, like and we used I, to I do for, that. Yeah, we used to do that. And I forgot, like, I forget how valuable that little bit of time is. And it's, you know, sometimes it's just the things that I say to you that re- remind me. And then there's a lot of things that you say that trigger things. And yeah. I just love the, I've told you this year after year. Like, I just right. love our time of back and forth, right. like talking. And I, I mean, I love all of our other times, like fly fishing and stuff. But that's too. what we used to do. We used to just get in the car and talk business and drive to a river. Yeah. And like, that's what we did. And I miss those times too. So I'm definitely going to find a time to come up to Idaho this well, summer. Well, I need again. to get back down to Colorado. Too. I know, but <laughs> we'll figure it out. I mean, we're both so busy, but yeah. at the same time, like, it's so important. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is one book then that you would want to share like with our audience that you think they need to look up? I and think, you can share more than one because I know um, you're a big book person. Yeah, I, I do have a bunch. I think the two or the most powerful book I listened to um, or really went through last year was Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Yeah. Um, and the reason why is because I started this business driven for money. Yeah. And I didn't like, I mean, you know me, I, I love spending money and so I got to make some money. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I had more passion for why I did it. I just didn't. I did. I didn't understand how to put a parameter on that. How to put a frame around it. How to really describe what it was. Yeah. Give it. Give it the vocabulary you needed exactly. to, to organize in your head. Yeah. Exactly. And so that book. That book just blew my mind, and uh, it really, really helped me. Cool. Um, so one of the books that you and I just finished was um clockwork mm-hmm. by the same author that did profit first and i've talked a lot about on my podcast that profit first and the audience is probably sick of hearing about it but his clockwork book is about how to manage time in your business yeah. not just money but how to manage your time so that you're happy and it was really fun to have some conversations with you this week about like how you read the book and what you thought you could do and what what yeah. else and i thought we could do It'll be interesting to revisit this conversation like in a year and see yeah. what we actually did with that information. Well, I mean, and that book, Mike McCallowicz, he honestly has been incredible in my little bit of life uh, just reading stuff from him. Yeah, because you were telling me, I haven't read, I own Surge from him, but I haven't read it. And then I know, I know of Pumpkin Patch, and you were telling me Pumpkin, Pumpkin, Plan. Patch, or Pumpkin Plan was so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Pumpkin Plan was incredible, and he actually spoke about he spoke on the Pumpkin Plan at Imaging this year, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know he was going to be there till I got there, and like I was just like, oh my gosh, Mike McCallowicz just changed my life on yeah. Profit First, and and then, he's there. and then he's there, and I was like, like all the stars and the skies or heavens aligned. So yeah, and and I was just like. Like after I read Profit First, I knew that he had some other ones, like the toilet paper entrepreneur and all that stuff. But I was like, I was like, I, I think I just got everything. I, like, there's no way that yeah. there could be anything like crazy valuable from him yeah, and like, more than just that one book. Yeah, you're like, that's his book, right? That's, like, I was like, that's yeah, one. that's his one. And then I literally since then have led like read four more, yeah. and I'm I'm on to others of his. I don't I don't know why he just he speaks to me he. Well, I think part of what is so great about his books is he gives you a plan. Yeah. Like, not only does he give you the idea, but then he's like, he has like you're here now, and here's how you take baby steps to get somewhere yeah. else. And a lot of other books just give you the idea, and then you're like, okay, now how do I do this? And he speaks really well to, I think, everybody. Because yeah. that's one of the challenges with books is 
like, I'm like, how, how can I really apply that to my life? But getting back to the, the clockwork book that you talked about, you saw my last week. (laughs) I don't have my time management down very well, but it's one of the things that I really do strive for and I work on. So that book, it's, uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited because he put a lot into perspective that I, I wanted in my life and in my business, just didn't know how to put it together. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So what is one internet resource that you would share with people? Like when you're online, where do you tend to go or, and it doesn't have to even be education based or like for inspiration or whatever you do, like what do you, what do you, what do you, how do you use the internet to, as a resource? The internet as a resource, um, YouTube. Yeah, I do too. I, like you can find anything on YouTube. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we were we were having this discussion about uh, Sue Bryce's reveal wall, and we were like yeah. looking up examples on YouTube. There aren't a lot of amazing examples on YouTube because no, because her content is kind of locked behind her membership site. But it was just like you can find anything. You know, yeah. like have a conversation, pull up a video, and watch it real quick. Yeah, yeah, it's. And not only that, I think sometimes in my life I just get to, I, you, you've seen this with me. I get my head down to the grindstone or my shoulder to the grindstone and I'm just like, kind of like monotone, like focused on one thing. I'm not a very fun person sometimes. Um, and sometimes YouTube is just freaking hilarious to, yeah. but the, I think the worst thing about it is my kid teaches me all these random things and I'm like, dude, where the hell did you learn that? <laughs> He's right. like, YouTube. All right. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm like, shut YouTube off. <laughs> right. Exactly. Cause some of the crap he tells me, I'm just like, dude, there's people out there making videos that are just like, watch what I do to these 10 year olds. Right. Exactly. They're like, this is going to be hilarious. And yeah. I'm, they're destroying my kid. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't want my kid to know this even exists. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. Um, what's a, well, I guess we'll just wrap up. What is some parting um, guidance that you would give to photographers that are listening to this and maybe, want to have their studio look more like your studio or your business look more like your business. Like what would you tell them? Like what, you know, what, what guidance would you give them? Um, I think that it would probably really just, um, find your why. Like honestly, like if you can, if you can figure out why you're doing what you're doing and really have kind of a, a motto to stand behind or a, your true core values. That was another thing that was talked about a lot at, uh, imaging. If you can develop those core values, you can really guide pretty much everything in your business. Yeah. But if you have something that is inspiring you or driving you, uh, those core values being family, I think here's best thing I ever did in my business was I, I finally decided that I was going to tell my customers that Saturdays and Sundays were my days to be with my family. Never had a customer, ever in my in in all the time that has said differently and i if there's one thing i could do better is spend more time with my family right but because i fill my plate too full during those other five days a week it makes saturday and sunday not feel like enough yeah so well and you work with your wife so you see her a lot but yeah it may not be quality time yeah you know while she you know while she's editing pictures in your i don't know whatever sam does at his desk we still haven't (laughs) figured it out um yeah, you're not necessarily. Well, I also, for the record, do own you know three other businesses. I know, so. I know. He's he's definitely an entrepreneur. Okay, so thanks for being on. Yeah, tell, thanks for having me. Tell our audience like how they could connect with you. Like, 
your website, um, Instagram, and then anything else that you can share about, you know, your print company and stuff as well. Yeah. So, uh, print company is CIC pro labs. Um, we're small, we're growing. We really kind of cater to, to our, our customers, but we're, we're actually just, uh, adding some new things here in the next couple months to streamline our ordering process. Uh, so CICProLab.com uh, is that you can find me on Instagram at, at Samuel Marvin Photography, uh, Twitter at SMP Photo, Facebook Samuel Marvin or Sam Marvin. So um, and then your website's just SamuelMarvinPhotography.com. SamuelMarvin.com. SamuelMarvin.com. Yeah. So awesome. So yeah, guys, take a second, check it, check his stuff out, and uh, you guys would be really amazed at what he's built here in Idaho. So yeah, thanks again, Sam. I'm, bu- I'm bummed that I'm going home today, but I got to get, get out of your way so you can do your model <laughs> meetings. And um, I hope that you have an amazing year again this year. And thanks, of course, for being my friend always. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for so. considering me a friend. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. So that's Samuel Marvin Photography. So yeah, we'll see you guys next week. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.